0: Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Katherine Perry, and if you are new, welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back. Welcome to everybody. I'm really excited because today we are going to be continuing the Introduction to Aura Colors series. So if you haven't listened before, I would highly recommend, of course, listening to the other colors. You don't need to listen to the colors in order by any means. You can listen to, you know, whichever ones interest you or whichever ones seem to be relevant to you at the time. But at this time, I've already recorded the colors red, orange, yellow, green, pink, blue. And then today we are going to be continuing with Indigo. And Indigo, actually, Indigo, I would say, does build a little bit off of blue because it is connected to a theme of truth and being your own vision holder. So, We will get to that in a moment. But first, the way that I like to begin every single podcast episode is by just taking the time to take a couple of deep breaths, set your intention, and then ultimately just set up the space for yourself. So if you need more time, I just like to take a couple of deep breaths. But if you need more time, just feel free to pause the episode, take as much time as you need, and then we will jump into Indigo. Okay, perfect. So let's get started with indigo. So I believe I said a little bit in the introduction that indigo is connected to themes of truth. So let me make a distinction really quickly, just in case you have listened to the episode on blue. Blue is a little bit more about trusting your own truth, you know, developing your own truth, you know, being aware of what that is in the first place, and then having some trust in it, you know, developing a relationship with truth. And then understanding how to balance your own truth with the truth of the many other members of this universal family and the many other members of the collective. So it is a little bit different than indigo, which I mean, and all the colors, actually, they do build off of each other in one way, even though, you know, you can listen to any episode at any time. They all have their own medicine that definitely stands on its own. They do all relate to each other because in general, the archetypes, they are all one family. You know, even though they do come across and do have their own different color representations, they are all one family unit. And then so each color has seven archetypes, just in case you haven't listened to the other episodes. And then each archetype within each color family contributes to the central theme of that color family in its own way. And then all of the colors with all 78 cards come together to create one big family, you know? So we're going to be looking at the indigo family today. So I just wanted to preface that. And then, so as I was saying earlier, the central theme of indigo is connected to truth. And actually, maybe that's where we will start. So there is there is the card truth it it's called alethea um there are alethea is one of those initiation cards it's one of those really really big energy cards um of course because truth just the raw truth on its own is something that can't even be packaged into one word but we're going to get to how that card kind of contributes to the indigo family so aletheia truth within the context of indigo which is again just slightly different than blue indigo is about truth but it's also how you use your personal truth and more of the truth as in your personal vision to be a visionary to be a vision holder and how it is that you want to change the world so indigo is kind of like the game changer color Like I said, Blue is more about balancing the truth and being aware of what your truth is in the first place, while Indigo is kind of like... It's all of the archetypes. Every single archetype in this family contributes to how you are your own unique vision holder for the collective. So, for example, the Shaman... Actually, you know what? These three cards are all kind of interconnected. I mean, they all are, but their stories are very connected. So, the Shaman truth and then Thanatos with which is death, those are all really, really powerful cards and they their stories intersect in a very, very interesting way. So the shaman is it I've heard the shaman described um well let me preface this by saying the shaman is one of those cards where, you know, now we are being more we're being aware of more of just cultural appropriation in the first place. So let me preface this by saying Anytime I reference the shaman in this episode or any episode, it's as an archetype. So I'm not saying that, you know, and we all have the way I understand it, we all have all 78 archetypes within us. You know, the shaman is a story, and that's how I'm speaking about it today. This is not to say that, like, we can all, you know, just like go become shamans and, you know, completely disrespect, you know, an entire culture or multiple cultures. That's not what this is about whatsoever. You know, the shaman on its own speaks to our ability to learn about the world around us. And so the shaman actually has three archetypes within it, which is really cool. So it's the mentor, the mentor, which is the ability to learn about the world around us and to become our own teachers. And then to also teach other people and show up for other people. However, the mentor is an archetype that is a different color so we can talk about that another time in more depth and then the shaman also has the healer so the shaman involves a lot of healing you know yourself you know being able to share your healing abilities with other people and then you know what can you do to show up as the healer within the collective in general and then the shaman is also composed of the unseen so the shaman has the ability to And all of these are archetypes, by the way. The mentor, the healer, and the unseen. Those are all archetypes within this deck. The unseen I've actually talked about before, and it is in the green episode. So if you want to know about the unseen within the context of green, definitely give that one a listen. Um, But yes, the shaman is very, very connected to the unseen worlds, the unseen realms. And again, in the green-pink episode, I talked a lot about how We all have a very different connection with the unseen archetype and how it manifests. We all have very different understandings of the spirit world, even if your understanding is that there is no spirit world and there is no unseen. So that goes to that in great depth. So the shaman, I really love the shaman within Indigo because it does, it contributes so much. There's so much multidimensionality within the shaman that contributes to this idea of forming and cultivating and having just this own understanding of the unique vision within yourself and how you embody it and how you express it. The other interesting thing is there is a card called the vision, but again, that is not a part of Indigo, um, but that will be in a later episode. Um, But this this is more about how you embody, again, your own unique vision and your own unique truth and then what do you want to do with it in the world? And that is indigo. And then there are other cards in this family that kind of, that also contribute to what you need to balance in order to do so. So again, the shaman incorporates a little bit of the mentor, you know, and again, the mentor not to kind of go off track into a different color family. The way that I've understood the mentor that's always been really, really special and inspiring to me is the mentor has a lot to do with learning from yourself. And there's a lot of ways in which you can interpret that. I interpret the mentor as directly learning and channeling from spirit and channeling from the unconditional love within you. But the mentor can be translated in any which way. So it could be, you know, learning directly from the universe. It could be Also, just learning from your own spirit, your own soul. And like I said, the mentor could just be learning from yourself. However, I just want to all of that is to say that the mentor, especially within the shaman and especially within the context of Indigo, is releasing the need to rely on, you know, materials and I guess studying from other people And it's not to say that we don't all have something to learn from one another. I've had so many brilliant teachers, and I literally would not be here speaking to you without them. However, there is like a slight difference with the mentor. The mentor inspires us to learn from the soul and the spirit within other people and the God within other people and the creation within other people instead of just copying their own practice. So let me give you an example. I've used this example before because it's incredibly relevant to the inspiration and the entire idea for this series in general. So I had a brilliant teacher that I began to learn from at the beginning of this year. I didn't directly study with her or anything like that. Um, I just got a healing from her, and it was my first time really learning about my own aura. And what it inspired me to do, because I just... I remember receiving the healing from her and noticing, wow, she channeled her own understanding of the aura. I had never heard anybody interpret the aura in the way that she had interpreted it and in the way that she channeled that knowing and then used that knowing to, you know, give that healing to me. I was so inspired by it. And so that's why I'm just learning about how I understand the aura and how I understand, you know, the unseen and how... You know, and how I understand the aura colors, you know, so that's kind of the mentor's energy within the shaman, within the indigo family. It's not to say that you can't learn from other people, but it's more like be inspired by, you know, how they carry themselves. Indigo is very much how you carry yourself, you know, so and that's what we're going to talk about a lot more today with all of the other cards But this is a big, big, big part of it is not just copying other people. Does that make sense? Again, I was definitely inspired by how she channeled all of her own information and how the understanding of the aura was completely her own. But I knew that I wanted to what she inspired me to do was learn about it in my own way. So if anything, I learned how important it is for me to channel my own information and kind of come to my own understandings. And so that's what the mentor encourages us to do, you know, to be inspired by the way in which, you know, people carry themselves and then find our own unique vision, find our own, you know, unique offering, our own, you know, unique way of embodying spirit within us and then embodying our visions and then expressing it with the rest of the world. So that's really important. And so in the same way that the mentor within the shaman you kind of want to find your own way of learning and then finding your own way of channeling your own information. It's the same with the healer. So the healer is also really interesting in this respect because you also want to find your own unique medicine. You know, I've also, the healer is, I haven't actually talked about the healer yet. Green is centered, the green family is centered around healing, you know, and it's centered around you know, showing up for yourself as your own healer, and then what does that really mean? And all of the you know different components and the different dimensions of that experience. That was a really fun episode to record. This within this context here, it's the same. It's the same energy of the mentor. It's just finding your own unique way of healing and not necessarily copying it from somebody else. Every single person, I would say that I have. Re- Received a healing that has really shifted a lot in my life. Again, it was channeled. You know, they didn't. They were. In, they had. You know, mentors before them. They had. You know, very third dimensional. You know, physical teachers before them. You know, that kind of held the space for them to grow. You know, and that's like a, that's also a big part of the mentor. I can't wait to talk about the mentor in a later episode. But that's what a brilliant you know healer and mentor does. It holds the space for you to grow and kind of find your own way. So, you know, within the healer and, you know, healing yourself, you know, and also I believe healing has a lot to do with holding space for others. So that, again, I will go into detail on a different episode. Um, but healing, yeah, self, other, and then the our universal family and always being aware of how, you know, your self-healing and holding space for other people does impact the collective. That's very, very important. But also finding your own way of doing so is equally important. And not just copying, again, what's already out there. So, for example, if you love astrology, just do it in your own way. Um, That's why Indigo is the game changer card. You know, it's the visionary. It's, you know, it's a very independent energy. It's not afraid to kind of go into the unknown, you know, and go and travel to those places where nobody has quite been before and then bring back, you know, Those new visions and bring back those new healing practices from a space of, you know, not knowing. It's the card of transforming the unknown into the known, which I think is quite beautiful. And then also, you know, that ties really, really well into the unseen. The reason in this context, the shaman is so connected to the unseen is the unseen might as well also just be translated into the unknown, quite honestly, because the un- the unseen is so so special and i've talked about this before but i guess i'll reiterate it now it's so special because we all have a very very unique relationship with the unseen you know anytime and i wrote a post about this recently there was a time when i didn't understand how to connect to the unseen in my own way and i really really loved you know hearing and just like listening to stories about Uh, how other people connected to the spirit world and how other people connected to the unseen and the spirits and the ancestors and all of the other forms of the unseen around them. And I kind of found my own natural way of doing it. We all have the ability to learn from ourselves and to be our own mentors. We all have the ability to be our own healers. And then we also all have the ability to connect to the seen and unseen in our own natural way We just need to be open to finding it. And Indigo, you know, again, with, you know, being the visionary card and kind of understanding your own truth in that way, Indigo is, it's the energy. It's again, it's tapping into your own unique vision, but it's also recognizing that your unique vision is needed. You know, we don't need carbon copies of one another. If someone is interpreting numerology in one way, then they're meant to do that, you know, but you're not meant to do that too, because we already have that person, you know, so there's a lot of individuality within the color indigo that I really, really appreciate. And I love it when I see people that are like tapped into their own, into indigo, you know, those people are true, just visionaries in that they are not afraid to tap into the unknown. So that is the shaman and sprinkled in with just a little bit of truth because it is you do need to kind of cultivate and hold space for your own truth but again in it's very different from blue also it is similar but yeah like I said just like a little bit of a different flavor from blue in that it's how are you going to use it you know to spread more love into this world and to awaken more love into this world. How are you going to use your own vision? How are you in your own way going to use your own healing abilities? How are you going to use your own knowledge, your own wisdom and your own connection to the unseen to spread more love into this world? And so what's really connected to truth is death. And I, like I said, the shaman truth and death, are all very, very connected. So, I don't know. There's so many different ways to interpret death in general. And it is a little bit... It's just another one of those cards. So, truth and death are both initiation cards. So, again, they kind of can't be contained by one or even, like, many, many words. There's so many ways to interpret death. You know, there's, like, the transformation death you know that people like or um there's you know also just dealing with like death and grief in general and there's also a card in here about grief which I also think is very interesting just in the context of indigo in general so the way that death came through to me within indigo was transformation but transformation more within the context of fluidity. And here's why. So fluidity and flexibility. So when I think of, and it's very interesting that that's coming through with truth. So there is something very, very powerful about knowing who you are, knowing your own vision, knowing, you know, exactly what it is that you came here to do and understanding how it is that you want to show up and how it is that you want to embody and express that. But the interesting thing, again, about truth, kind of in the same way as, you know, the healer or the unseen, it has infinite manifestations, you know? So it's being in touch with your own truth is what is important, but understanding that that can change over time and the way in which Your vision your inner visionary may need to be expressed is going to change over time. And that's why Thanato's death is coming through as not only transformation, but more fluidity and flexibility of the spirit in general. So Let me maybe give you an example of that You know what? Um, perfect. So I talk a lot about language in general, Um, More my website, I think, than the podcast, because it can be sometimes a little bit tricky to condense into something that's, you know, kind of short. Language to me is just the way in which you express your soul, express your spirit. It's the way in which you have a relationship with either yourself, the universe, God, etc. It's just your, your unique way of expressing, you know, the unconditional love inside of you. And that changes over time. So, for example, I would say astrology was a language that I was tapped into for a while because it made the most sense to me. For me, it was the easiest way to express the unseen. It was the easiest way to express the intangible and transform it and make it tangible. You know, that's what a language does. So I know that's true for human design for a lot of people. I never really connected to human design, and I wish I did. But here's the thing. I never really connected to human design, but I can 100% understand how that, because so, so many people absolutely love it. I can understand how that language, you know, facilitates a deeper connection with the self and allows you to express yourself in a way that other languages, you know, don't appeal to some people like astrology does not appeal to everybody. It's becoming more like mainstream, I guess, but it's not for everybody. It's just, it's a huge, it's like storytelling. It's like storytelling of the spirit. So for me, auras and the way that I understand auras and the way that I understand the colors, that helps me to articulate aspects of my soul, my spirit that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. That's what language does. Again, it transforms, kind of bringing it back to death. So there's a couple of things there. It transforms my truth into something that is more tangible into something that you know people can understand i believe all of these languages are equal i believe that you know astrology is no more or less correct than numerology human design tarot um or you know if you like to you know express yourself through like you know what wisdom comes through your dreams or um what else is there? I'm just blanking, but literally there are so many. Um, Let's see. A lot of people love like plants and plant medicine and connecting with their spirit guides, animal allies or different dimensions of the unseen. So they're angels or, you know, messages from other extra dimensional beings like the aliens that really helps them to express their spirit. For me, they are all equal as long as you can kind of connect to the love underneath. You know, again, it's that unconditional love within every single one of us that is quite intangible and we all have our own way of connecting to it and then that's what language does it allows us to bring you know all of that wisdom from the unconditional love within us you know to the surface and like I said I believe that we all even though the unconditional love within us is all the same I really love you know hearing how people express their spirits in their own unique way and that's very much indigo indigo it's finding your own multidimensional language and your own multidimensional expression to transform your truth again into something that is completely unknown and completely unheard of into something that is known into something that is tangible and to something that can kind of also awaken the love within other people so that is definitely the um Kind of the message of Indigo here is how can you awaken the love within other people with your own unique vision? So that's how I would say death and truth, but death more as in, you know, fluidity and flexibility and just being kind of open, you know, open to number one, that your truth, being an open channel to the idea that, you know, you do have your truth within you, but that the way in which you express it can change over time and being open and being flexible to that process, you know? So now we can actually talk a little bit about the pilgrim because that goes along with this too. The pilgrim is very much the macrocosm and the microcosm and how they reflect one another. So it's the card of, you know, if you've ever heard anything like this, human experience is a journey that we all wander through. We're all learning from constantly. That's the pilgrim's energy, But the pilgrim within Indigo specifically and everything that I've been talking about with death and truth calls you to be present. And then there's one card in here, the lover, that is also about being present. So all of these cards are really coming together in a very unique way. There's a very interesting flow, you know, within this color family. The pilgrim is being aware of how your truth is undergoing transformation in any given moment. So remember what I said about how the pilgrim is the microcosm and the macrocosm and how those reflect one another. So that is to say your inner truth is reflected in your external world and your external world can give a lot of clues as to what your inner truth might be. And I've had a similar conversation to this before about how for some people it's easy to see, you know, the microcosm first and then the macrocosm follows, or they'd like to look outside of themselves first. So take a look at the macrocosm to see how their microcosm has changed. So, and it can go either way because they, it's just a reflection, you know, they go hand in hand. So, let's just say maybe you're a very inward person by nature. You know, maybe, I don't know, you love meditation. Maybe you love, you know, a lot of alone time, you know, connecting and going within is not a problem for you. Then uh, the understanding that. And so within that context, maybe you are, you know, connected to the archetype truth within you and you understand how that is reflected everywhere else, but it's kind of like, that's what came first. So You're very aware of what your inner truth is. You're very aware of, you know, what your inner visionary looks like. You're very aware of, you know, how you are expressing it and how that is, you know, being reflected in every single aspect of your life. You know, the literally the only difference between those two ways of understanding is which one came first. Was it that you understood what your truth was? And also they both kind of build off of one another. You know, but doing when I talk about kind of doing a check in, because, again, we're kind of still talking about Thanato's death here and transformation, just in that it's always important to pay attention to that your truth can change. So this is more about the check in because they both feed into one another and they both build off of one another. So for some people, just taking the time to go inward and check in. And then they pay attention to how that truth is being reflected everywhere as a result well, for some, looking at the macrocosm first is so much easier. So paying attention to how they interact, you know, in every single one of their relationships, paying attention to, you know, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of interaction and a lot of communication inherently within like blue and indigo, I would say. But more, yeah, paying attention to how you communicate your spirit, how you communicate, paying attention to your language and, you know, how and. Like all of those external communications and all of those external interactions that can bring you back to, oh, you know, oh, so this is what my truth is, you know, based on those context clues, you know, it's two different ways of, you know, looking at it and checking in. But the checking in is more important than anything else, you know, than the how you check in, you know, because like I said, you know, on they it's kind of like a loop. You know, being aware of the truth inside of you and how that reflects. So being aware of the microcosm and how that is reflected through the macrocosm and then paying attention to to the macrocosm can also help you fine tune the microcosm as well. So it's not only being aware, but it's also taking an active, you know, co-creative part just in you can shape you can shape how you express your personal truth at any time. And so the shaman, the vision holder, uh, indigo, the visionary in general, is always open to those, you know, little transformations or those sacred deaths or, you know, the fluidity in how, you know, they need to express their spirit. So, for example, um, I'm thinking of one person in particular, you know, now um, Yeah, so there's this one, uh, he's actually a shaman. So this, yeah, little preface, he is actually a shaman. So this is a little bit different. Um, But on a podcast episode uh, a really, really uh, a while ago. So he, it's very interesting. Um, He has a brilliant podcast. It's called Ancient Wisdom Today. Highly recommend. It's a beautiful podcast. Um, He used to record like three episodes a week. One of them would be just like him channeling. And then another one would be like a meditation. And then another one, you know, he would have a guest. And kind. Of, he is so beautifully outspoken. Definitely somebody that's like connected to their vision. Definitely a lot of indigo energy. So maybe that's why this example is coming through. Um, such an amazing person. So he had that podcast format for a really long time. And then his expression kind of changed a little bit so now there's only one podcast episode a week it is very very organized um and he kind of it's kind of like if in today's terms it's kind of like he re- rebranded himself and that I know that's a very very weird way of expressing it his truth has kind of has remained the same but the way he has and continues to express it now is different because for him the way that I understand it from what he's explained before, The shaman isn't afraid, the shaman archetype, or I guess shamans in general, aren't afraid to go, you know, to unknown places, you know, so for him, he was comfortable expressing his truth in one way. And then he made a transition and realized, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. And that, and then I guess for him, and this really depends on how you want to activate the shaman, the archetype within you, you know, he, for him, it was really important to bring the love, bring the wisdom, bring, you know, the sacred intelligence, to places where they would not necessarily think that it was like compatible, you know? So more to like business settings or it's more professional settings. And so that's why, you know, there's like a clear shift in his podcast. It just, it became more polished and it became more professional. So all of that to say is, you know, it's a very, very, a, these are very, very adaptable energies. You know, it's very much, I have my vision. I know what my truth is. However, sometimes that might need to change in how it's expressed so that I can reach more people. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily about compromising your truth, because I think that's very, very important to understand. It's not about compromising what you believe in or bending over backwards to, you know, push your agenda on other people. No, nothing like that. It's more about how can I hold space for the most people I can And how can I hold space in a way that everybody understands that they are welcome? Does that make more sense? So it's not about like, um, you know what, wearing like a suit and tie, that's not totally me or that's totally not me. Um, You know, going to, you know, more professional settings, that's not me. No, it's more of I've done it this way in the past and, you know, it's reached X, Y, Z amount of people. How can I hold space for more people? How can I bring love and what I really, really believe in and the truth of love that I really believe in? How can I bring that to more people, you know, and I really admired that within him. And that's why this shaman is a very going back to the archetype a little bit. He just so happens to be a shaman, but there are literally there are so many examples of this, um, but he just came to mind. But he's always been very, very inspiring to me in that way. Because while some people, and it it really just depends on who you are, but some people are really, really comfortable in, again, yeah, preaching to the choir and staying in the communities in which they are comfortable and not realizing that, like I said, indigo is the color of we all have a unique vision within us. And I do believe that, you know, it's not just certain people that deserve, you know, the love that you have to offer. It's everybody. And so that's why, you know, he really shaped my understanding of the shaman archetype, which is, and the very, very important piece is the shaman is not afraid to go where other people haven't gone and to bring, you know, the love within them to those kind of unexpected places, you know, in places. So for him, you know, if you kind of listen to his podcast episodes really early on, you wouldn't expect him to kind of, you know, be the kind of person to like wear a suit and to like, you know, do whatever it is that he's doing now. I can't really speak. I don't know him personally. So I always stray away from, you know, commenting on people's lives that I don't really know. Just the example that he it's like, this is very much like a lead by example energy too. you know, he leads by this example of, you know, you have to be fluid, you know, you need to be flexible. If you are, And this is where truth comes in, too. If you are really committed to the unique, the unique expression of the truth of love inside of you, you will go to those unexpected places because you believe that everybody deserves it. You know, he's not afraid. And so he's always been very, very inspiring to me. You know, no matter who you are or where you come from, he always has this thing where he says, you know, if you see me on the street and you recognize me, come give me a hug. You know, no matter who you are, I'm I'm open. You know, I'm here for you. And I always thought that was incredible because that's not, you know, I mean, his boundaries are a little bit different than everybody else's. And actually everybody has different boundaries. So that goes without saying. Um, But just the, his transformation is extraordinary, but his truth has made, remained consistent. Just the way he chooses to express it, it is very flexible. Again, it's flexible because it's being open to, Not necessarily how can I, you know, shapeshift into something that I'm not. It's more about how can I open up more, you know, so think of the think of death. Think of thanatos, you know, again, transformation, flexibility, fluidity, not for the sake of, you know, compromising yourself and compromising your integrity and compromising, you know, whatever it is that you believe in. Think about it as transforming to open new dimensions of understanding, you know, new dimensions of space holding, new dimensions of communicating your spirit, new dimensions and new ways of, you know, holding the space, you know, and again, it can it can just it can simply shift or you can open up. It's shifting and opening, you know, like I said earlier, there were certain languages that appealed to me at a certain time in my life. And now, you know, I ha- also it's released a little bit, too. So. There are certain things, certain aspects or possibly possibly certain aspects of your truth and certain ways in which of expressing, you know, the truth of love inside of you that might have worked at one point and then they just don't work anymore. Or maybe you found, you know, something that wasn't creating love in the way that you thought. So I talked about this possibly in two other episodes, but it's just like a it's a really great example Um, about, I would say like a couple or maybe several months ago, um, like spring, yeah, spring, summer, you know, when, um, in the States in, uh, America, um, Black Lives Matter was at like a height, um, within the spiritual, spiritual community, there was a lot of reevaluation and, you know, beautiful conversation, very impactful conversation, also very much needed conversation surrounding, like spiritual phrases and how that can empower or it can completely disempower people and how we use our language in order to do one or the other, you know? So for example, I think love and light is like the easiest one, you know, because love and light kind of, it does imply that like dark or blackness, um, or, you know, color in general is wrong or it's bad. You know what I mean? That's like the quickest example that I can think of in general And here's the thing, there were probably plenty of people out there that, you know, did use the phrase love and light. They didn't intend for it to be as harmful as it was. And so within this linear experience, new information like that, you know, is revealed all the time. You know, we learn constantly, and this is actually a little bit of the mentor too within the shaman, being aware and being open to just sounds super cheesy, learning new things and being open and aware of how language can either empower us and support us or disempower us. So that's like just a brilliant example of how of Thanatos, not necessarily. I was talking about, you know, transformation, flexibility, fluidity and opening up. And this is more of the release side, you know, so either you could say like, for example, you could drop love and light altogether. So that would be like a release example, or you can open it up and say like uh, love and light, um, truth and shadow. You know what I mean? To acknowledge all sides of what's really, really important and understand that they all kind of go together. You know, love and truth go together in the same way that, you know, the light and the shadow are both needed. And I've always said, and there's like, because death is in here too, and the tear, there is a card called the shadow, different color, but I would say death and the tear are very shadowy cards, but I've always said the shadow is simply where we haven't revealed the love yet. So it's an opportunity, the shadow, the darkness, whatever you want to call it. It's simply where we have the opportunity to reveal love in a context that we aren't used to. So it's actually a very special opportunity. So that's why I like, um, like, for example, if you used love and light for years, that's fine. You didn't know You know, and it's important to honor and acknowledge that, that things do change all the time, especially within this human linear experience. There were times where that was appropriate, not anymore, you know? So love and light, but also then truth and shadow or any, you know, it doesn't have to be that, but you understand what I mean. Just in that, again, thanatos, death, transformation, fluidity, flexibility, being aware that things are always changing. You are always changing Your truth does remain constant, but how you might want to express that truth and the language in which you might want to do that might change over time. And just, you know, overall expression of your personal vision in general might change over time just to be more inclusive. You know, that's what love and light, truth and shadow does. Just in that mini example, you're releasing, you know, simply saying love and light, but what you are doing is opening up the space by saying, you know, something as simple as love and light, you know, truth and shadow just to understand that all expressions of this human form are welcome and none of them are wrong, that they are all, you know, made of love or, you know, that we are all one universal family. And so your intention and being aware of your intention is really important too, but I have a whole conversation about that on my website if you want to go deeper into that. But it's just, it's a brilliant and very, very relevant example. So we can actually go a little bit deeper into this. Um, just in how those more maybe shadowy or darker, and I'm using a lot of air quotes here, because they're, literally there are no back cards or anything like that. Um, maybe the stories seem like they are a little bit more shadowy um, or something like that. But the beautiful part about the archetypes actually is they all have a light and shadow expression. They are all, even if they are not initiations, I mean, initiations are very, very big energies. They all have the ability. they are all powerful enough containers to hold a light and a shadow a light and a shadow expression. So this is a really good example of that. So the tear is it's a little bit of grief. It's a little bit of vulnerability. And I always, so I'm a really sensitive person, okay? And for me, i I used to hate that. And, you know, I had a lot of, I guess what you would call like programming, conditioning about how like strong people do not cry. You know, when I grew up, you know, I never like there were some family members. I've seen them cry once and it was when I was like a little bit younger. And I remember seeing I remember seeing one family member cry for the first time and I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't even know what to do. I've never even seen you cry before. Like, do I give you a hug? Like, I don't even I don't don't know. Um And it was so strange to see, you know, like it was like I don't know if you saw like a giraffe walking on its hind legs, that would be strange, you know. That's how bad it was. Okay, so I've always been a very very sensitive person, and it wasn't until, you know, I would say within the past couple of years that I really really held a space for that and realized, you know, how powerful the tear is, you know. So for me this this is it is very very much tied into vulnerability and release so there again there used to be a time in my life when i could feel the tears you know coming like swelling up and welling up in my eyes then i would fight them back i'd be like oh not the time not today um basically not ever or i would do this thing where i would like say to myself you can cry later or you can cry when this is all over but the tear kind of like the lover, which we will get to. It's a very present card. That never worked for me. You know what? I knew that. That's why I was like tricking myself and basically lying to myself and saying, you can't cry about this now, but you can cry later. I can't cry on command. You know, I'm not like an actor or an actress or anything like that. I can't cry on command. So for me, I've found that it's very, very important, you know, just the understanding that if you need to cry in general, do it now, be present with it. Don't try and make sense of it. And that's what the tear is. You know, it's just it's holding space for whatever is going on, you know, and without questioning it or without trying to make it into something else, you know. So I actually talked about this on a different episode within this series, and it might have been green, actually, um, the green pink episode about how ill-equipped we are to deal with grief. You know, in the same way that I looked at that family member weird when like they were crying, and I was like, I really don't know what to do. I was like a child, but I was like, I really don't know what to do because it was like the first and actually the only time to this day that I've seen it still. The tear is holding space for the sake of holding space. You know, it's a very intimate, it's a very vulnerable card. And you've probably cried before. Crying, it's so human, it's not even funny. So I don't even know you know, how that conditioning went on for so long. I mean, it it goes on until you kind of break out of it. So that's like nobody's fault. But it's so, the tear is so powerful. Crying is so incredibly powerful because every single time I cry, I, I feel like I'm brought into a new dimension of just empathy and it just like softens you. You know, it softens you, it softens your ego. If you had any pride, that's out the window because you're bawling your eyes out. You know what I mean? It always just like softens me and brings me to a new understanding of just like empathy and forgiveness. And I've said this possibly before on this podcast. Forgiveness to me is not labeling something as like right or wrong. Um, Again, it's just revealing the love in more difficult places, you know. So, I mean, our human egos like to say forgiveness is, you know, um, you were wrong And I was right, but I'll forgive you. Or, you know, I was wrong and you were right. So please forgive me. Again, not how I think about it. It's more of, you know, before for my human ego, this was difficult for me to understand, comprehend, you know, empathize with. But now I'm willing to do that to open up my capacity to love. Does that make sense? I hope it does. You know, so the tear, everything about, you know, softening the ego, ultimately just softening you, it reminds me. And reminds, I think it's a reminder just in general of just our inherent humanity. And so that's kind of the theme of the tear and the animal. Because that's a very, very important thing. Because I've talked a lot about the intangible within the indigo family. So we've talked about the shaman. We've talked about Aletheia, truth, Thanatos, death, transformation. And then the pilgrim is also a little bit of a bridge card in that respect where You know, it is paying attention to the tangible and the intangible, the microcosm, the intangible, the macrocosm, the tangible within you. The tear is a very grounded card for this family in the same way that the animal is. The animal is being connected to nature and remembering that you are nature. And that's really important, too, because those kind of ground the vision inside of you. The tear, again, it's a great reminder that we are human beings. You know, and it's a great empathy card, you know, so and that's really needed, you know, just to ground the visionary a little bit, because so we're kind of, um, I would say, I mean, all of the cards, not well, the cards, I guess all of the colors do have grounded and ungrounded aspects to them. But, for example, red is a very, very grounded. It is like the grounding color, you know, and orange is also a very ground. Orange is also a really grounded color. So is yellow. So is green and pink. Now we're moving, and those are very tangible. Yeah, they're, they are very, very tangible colors. But when we kind of got to green and then we got to blue, we are kind of entering the side of the color spectrum that is less tangible. So having grounded cards, having like a kind of maybe like a balance of grounded and ungroundedness within each color family is very very important so that none of them kind of get lost you know so like I said the before we were talking about you know your inner vision, your inner truth you know what does that look like and then these next couple of cards are bring do bring a more grounded side to things like that's here and just remembering that you are human you know, and that you are doing this, you know, spreading your vision, connecting to your vision, connecting to the truth of love inside of you for your universal family. You know what I mean? So that's, it's very, very important. You know, this here is a very humble card. You know, it's a very human card. You know, it, it's got a very, um, it speaks of humility. And then, so back to kind of the grief example, because this is important too, in the same vein of the tear, remi- it reminds us just how human we are. Now, th- so take that. So we have that on like a personal level. And now let's like translate it to two other spaces. Think of it when you share space in like an interpersonal relationship. So remember what I said earlier about how, you know, we can be so ill-equipped to handle grief. The tear is the archetype of, really paying attention to how you hold space for yourself and that'll translate to how you hold space in interpersonal relationships and then how you hold space for the collective at large. And the and the indigo, the indigo. Indigo is all about the collective. I mean it's it, it is about all three spaces because again we talked about, you know, truth within yourself and then we talked a little bit about sharing your truth actually as well. Just in terms of, you know, Thanatos' death you know, being aware of how you share your truth and how that might need to shift over time and being open and flexible to that process. And the different dimensions of your language might change and then your language might be unrecognizable at some points, but that's always reflective of the truth inside of you, right? You know, that's really, really important. And then there's also, again, because this is like the visionary, this is how you hold space for the collective as well, you know? So, In those moments, like think back to the last time that you cried, you know, and that you just like let yourself cry. It's so revealing, you know, to like how the way in which we hold space for ourselves when we are experiencing the tear is very it's just so indicative of how we do it for other people, you know, so. There were times, again, when I literally would not let myself cry whatsoever, so the space was just closed. You know, it was, like, closed for business, like, out to lunch, whatever. Um, non-existent, basically. And then there were times, again, when I was kind of exploring the more, like, spiritual, mystical side of myself where, and I use that in air quotes, we're all inherently spiritual. Um, you know, it's just, like, a birthright thing. Um there were times when I was first exploring that when I would experience the tear and I would try and justify everything or I would try and immediately make sense of everything. And that was also it was those were both equally unhelpful. If I'm being very, very honest, you know, not holding the space in general is very unhelpful. But it's kind of like you're also not holding the space by trying to justify everything right away. Like, you know, if I'm crying and I. In my head, I'm, in my own head. I'm like, oh well, you're crying because of this, and this is how we heal this, and this is what we need to do, and then X, Y, Z, and then one, two, three, and then A, B, C, whatever, you know. And trying to figure it out, you know, as I'm literally, as I'm just being human, it's it's kind of like you know when you do that, it's kind of like you're trying to take the humanity away from the human experience. So the tier is a very, very important teacher in general, in just teaching you. You know how to be a more inclusive space holder. It really challenges you to be present and just sit with what is present instead of trying to alter it or change it in whatever in what you know whatever's happening in that moment. It's it's about like holding ourselves and then just like allowing ourselves to be held as well. You know, and again, very very important. Because that's what Indigo is a lot about holding the vision for the collective. And so there is a lot in there too about patience and about just, you know, holding the space and setting the example and not just injecting. Sometimes, you know, it is about just holding the space and not injecting yourself and not injecting your reasoning and your understanding in general. It is this energy of, you know, I will hold the space and people will come when they're ready. I'm not going to force it on them. I'm not going to tell them what to do or anything like that, but it's just like being more open, open to you know what it is inside of you and open how people being open in terms of how people want to interact with you. There's another interesting element to the tier in that it is actually connected to the unseen. So again, the unseen is a green pink archetype. The shaman and the tier both involve the unseen. And so, like I said, the tier, it is a little bit more grounded, but it does bring this extra element of vulnerability. So you can either, there's a lot, I told I talked a lot about, you know, holding space for yourself and, you know, what that means. But it's also, and this is where like all archetypes are in, open to interpretation. It's also allowing other people to hold space for you. Um, There's a little bit in there about, you know, allowing the unseen as well to hold space for you and to just give you the medicine that you need in the moment. So I guess we can talk a little bit about the lover because this is incredibly important too. the lover is definitely being present with all of the love that this human experience has to offer. But I really like that in conjunction with the tear because there's so much there's so much that this human experience has to offer. There's so much that the unseen has to offer you as well. And both of these cards in their own unique way allow you to be present with that. And then, you know, the um, the other cards within this family, like the shaman, they know how to leverage the power, you know, from those seen and unseen experiences to cultivate, to learn more about their vision and express it to the collective. So the lover is about being very present and being very awake. It's also about, and I totally forgot about this dimension of it, releasing any expectations or releasing, you know, any rules or anything about, it's like basically throwing the word should out the window where it belongs. You know, it's about being present with whatever is here and not necessarily fixating on, you know, what should be. It's very much, it's the energy of just savoring everything that life has to offer and appreciating it, which goes really well with the pilgrim, because the pilgrim, again, the pilgrim is the macro, the microcosm and the macrocosm united. You know, as you do move through this human experience, the lover is just, it brings this extra oomph of being especially present and falling in love with the world around you and then also falling in love with yourself. So there's a lot of, so we're really going to ground this family a bit and let's also bring in the animal. So the animal is the last card within the indigo family. The animal just simply reminds us that we are nature. So in the same way that the tear brings this, you know, vulnerability, humility, you know, humbleness, um, intimacy to it and it reminds us that we are human in that way and also calls us to pay attention to you know how we hold space for ourselves in those very very intimate very vulnerable moments the animal also straight up reminds us that we are humans we are in nature you know we are ultimately animals too you know so it does bring that very grounded present energy which i like and the reason that I really love these three together, again, we can be, you know, so connected to our truth. We can be, you know, connected with, you know, how we're, however it is that we, you know, want to be leaders, you know, however it is that we want to lead by example and the legacy that we want to leave behind on this earth. But remembering, you know, kind of just remembering that it's not all about like being up in the clouds, that Whatever you're doing, it is here. You know, it is here on earth. And the animal does bring this element of reminding us that we have a physical universal family, and that is who we are meant to be sharing our visions with. So, and it also reminds us of the interconnectedness within our universal family, because, like I said, it is the we are nature, you know, um, energy. It is the we are nature archetype. So, it's very much. You know, the understanding that the water within me, you know, runs within the river and also runs within you because, I mean, I have, you know, blood in my human body and so do you. And that's, you know, an expression of water and, you know, that kind of thing. Or, um, you know, we are made of the earth or, you know, air fuels our lungs and fire is our spirit. You know, that it's very much that language and that understanding. And so I really love that touch of the animal in here because it does remind us of all of the ways in which we are connected. And I think that's, you know, something beautiful to remember. So those three, the tear, the lover, the animal, you know, it's a lot about being present with who you are being grounded in who you are. It grounds the visionary, you know? So it prevents the visionary from kind of being like too airy fairy, you know, too like up in the clouds you know maybe to it you know what this is like a good example of you know a very balanced indigo and i mean there are so many different ways to express indigo but it would be kind of like you know imagine that the indigo indigo was and there is um violet is more of like the channel color although indigo does involve like i said earlier with the shaman a lot of channeling your own unique vision but let's just say you like sat inside like your room or something. I mean, we all we all spend a lot more time inside with the pandemic happening. But imagine, you know, with Indigo's energy, you were sitting inside channeling your vision all day, you know, and like you've got some beautiful ideas. Um, that's great. But then again, the animal brings in this energy of remember, even though you're channeling this vision and it's a great un- it's great that you have you know your own understanding of truth and you know you're really refining and nailing you know what that is. You got to get out, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like Indigo again, leading by example, being the visionary, the vision holder, you got to get out, you know, and a little bit of the shaman too. You get out in your own way, you share in your own way, but don't be afraid to go to again, those unexpected places, because that's, you know, those are the places that you, that need your vision the most, you know, no more just simply preaching to the choir and to those who, you know, understand you. Go outside of the box, you know, get outside of the comfort zone a little bit. But, you know, yeah, again, instead of like letting it kind of swirl around, you know, in the clouds, the animal is like, remember, you are human and you're doing this for your very, very human, you know, you are nature, you're very, you know, human nature, universal family, you know? So that's very, very important because all of this, you know, everything that I talked about with, you know, understanding your truth and you know, understanding how your truth reflects in the world and, you know, how you get there with the shaman and then, you know, fluidity and flexibility just in terms of how your truth might shift and, you know, the different dimensions that you might need to release or add or reveal in order to open it up. All of that. I mean, it's great. It's like it's great in theory. The animal is very much let's put it into practice, you know, and understand that The way also, it's the understanding a little bit, maybe with the tear as well. You know, paying attention to how your vision and how you are, you know, expressing your vision does impact the rest of this universal family. So, remember what I talked about with the healer and the example of, you know, when you heal yourself, you know, it shifts how you heal and hold space for other people. And it shifts, you know, ultimately how you spread that healing within the collective. This is a very similar idea. Just in paying attention to, you know, when you share your vision, understanding that it does cause a ripple connect, ripple effect because we are all connected, you know, and we are all interconnected in a very special and a very natural way. The animal and the lover also remind us of just how beautiful it is to be human. So the tear is also, you know, reminding us of our humanity. It might be a little bit more of a difficult card when it comes up. I think it's an extraordinarily beautiful card because, again, it does, you know, break down a lot of barriers. You know, if you've ever like cried, I talked about crying alone, but if you've ever like cried with someone, it's kind of like a breakthrough moment. It's like you just you see each other and it's such a raw, powerful energy in general, especially if you share the space with someone or if you just hold it for them. You know, can you imagine, you know, if we were well equipped to hold space for people when they are grieving? The reason that I love the word grieving, especially in connection with the tear, is that it also reminds us that we all grieve in different ways. You know, I mean, I learned that a lot when my so I've never really had a major family member pass away until my grandmother passed away. You know, Um, not too, too long ago, within the past couple of years, I did not when I did not fully comprehend how people grieve in their own way. And it's hard if you've never had like a major family member pass away or somebody who, you know, or had to experience grief on your own. But if you want an example, there's this show called Dead to Me on Netflix that really speaks to how everybody grieves in their own way. It's, it's centered around a family that, you know, lost a key family member. And, you know, and speaking of like the lover, you know, in terms of expectations and, you know, the concept of should and a use shouldn't air quotes No, there's a lot of, you know, really brilliant just information in there about how you're not expected to grieve in any which way. And that's what the main character went through. She was like, I'm not grieving in the way that other people expect me to. And I don't know what to do with myself. And then her best friend shows up for her and says, do whatever you need to do. I get you because she uh, I think she lost somebody, too. Oh, and all the different ways in which you can grieve. It's not it's about like grieving, you're grieving loss, even if it's not death. I think I just gave the death example because you know that's what's so common. Um, I think the woman on there, she was grieving a lot of things. She lost a relationship, you know. She lost. Uh, she had like a, a many, actually, many, many miscarriages. Um, so all of the different ways in which you can experience loss, you know. And I I don't know why that m- that message. It's just so, it's so, it's just so important to me. It's very beautiful, but also just very, very important, you know, to understand that there are so many different, you know, things that you can grieve and that there are so many different ways of grieving and you need to hold, the visionary holds space for it all, you know? And that's just like an example. It's like a story that explains the energy of the archetype so well. The tear is not necessarily about like, it's not all about death and grieving, but it holds the energy of that story of just being open, being open to, you know, whatever needs to be done in the present moment and not like thinking about, well, I should do this or I'm expected to do this. Or there's like a right way to like a right way to cry or um, like vulnerability. You know, there is no right or wrong way to be vulnerable. You do it in your own way. You know, it's a very much like do it in your own way card, hold space in your own way, hold space for yourself in your own way but just be open and present to whatever it is that you might need and don't shut it out. You know? So great example, again, same TV show. Um, She released because the tear is very much about how you release and how you are vulnerable. One of her favorite ways of releasing was like listening to this insane, like, I think like heavy metal, like rock music and just screaming, you know, at the top of her lungs while she's in the car. And so her friend Judy sitting there like, okay. You know, I can get into this because this is what you need. You know, this is the unique medicine that you need. This is how you need for me to show up for you at this time. I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm not going to judge you for it either. You know, so there is this element of with the tier being open and also being non-judgmental. I think that's a very, very good way to kind of sum up that energy is that especially, you know, when you are the the vision holder in general and you're interacting with people, don't, just don't, not being judgmental, being as non judgmental and as open as possible, you know, to however it is that they need to open up to whatever it is that they need to go through. That's the energy of the tier. And, you know, really aligns really, really well with just like the story, the story and the human experience of grief and loss in general, in the, <laughs> the human experience of grief and loss in general, because those two challenge you to be as non-judgmental and as open and as vulnerable as you possibly can. And those are all really really important aspects just within the visionary within, you know, the indigo family. The shaman and that's it also actually does tie back into like the shaman, Thanatos and the shaman death and truth being as open and non-judgmental to the wisdom that's coming through to you at any moment. That's how you stay open is by not judging, you know? So that's a little bit of the lover too. Again, no expectations, no rules. You know, the lover is also just open to not necessarily the end game, but just the process of being there. You know, we all have indigo within us, right? And it's such a, it's such a very, it's such a fascinating color, you know, to tap into within yourself. We all have the visionary within us. We all have the vision holder. We all have you know, the leader within us and even just not necessarily trying to get to any specific place. Like, so, um, for example, your vision's always changing in the same way that your truth is always transforming and you need to be open to that flexibility and, you know, be just, yeah, open, vulnerable, you know, to that fluidity in general, you're never done. You know, this is, the lover brings this energy of you're not done, you know? The vision's always changing. The ways in which you can express your vision is always changing. Um, The vision and the truth and the love within your spirit, that is always changing. You're not done. You know, it's like it's paying attention to, you know, how you get to do it and how you get to serve along the way. You know, there is no like, you know, refine you. You're always you're in the process of always refining, but there is no end, you know, I mean, I guess the end, you know, swinging it back over to Thanato's death would be when you leave. But that's also the fascinating part about this because there is like a legacy part to Indigo. The vision that you continue to cultivate and the truth of love that you, you know, continue to cultivate and understand within yourself, you leave that behind. You know, you leave that behind in the human family, going back to the animal, we are nature, we are all connected, all that good stuff you leave that behind in your universal in your physical universal family you know so that's like a special relationship with the death and the animal we are impermanent so death death the archetype does carry this energy of impermanence we are not here in this human form forever you know so indigo gets you thinking about what legacy do i want to leave you know there's the lover which is the process of being alive And being able to have this opportunity to, you know, shape the love and shape truth within you and express it. But then, you know, death brings in this special energy, too, of what do I want when this physical body is gone? You know, so, oh, perfect example. Maybe we will leave with this. So I remember, I mean, and this for me, I think this is like a beautiful example Just because, you know, not everybody um, believes that like our ancestors, I mean, some people believe that, you know, our ancestors are in heaven um, or someplace like that, um, or they are right with us. I love this example because it doesn't require you to believe like in spirits or anything like that. I I remember the moment I realized that my grandmother, because like I said, you know, she passed away. My grandmother was still here. Because the love within, the love that she passed on to me was still very much alive within me, you know, so let me repeat that. Because I feel like I said a lot before that. I realized, you know, after my grandmother passed away, even though her human body wasn't here, so a little bit of death and a little bit of the animal, she wasn't here physically anymore. The love that she gave to me, the love that she gave to my mother, the love that she gave to my sister, it's alive within all of us. You know, that unique love that unique vision in the same way that so truth and death go together because truth is it is permanent, you know, and the form of the truth, you know, with death might change and might undergo transformation. But the truth is permanent and it's permanent in the same way that love is permanent. And that was one of my favorite downloads I ever received from her Just the knowing that even though our physical bodies, the animal and death, those are not permanent whatsoever, you know, and even our physical bodies change, you know, I don't look the same way as I did when I was six and I won't look the same way when I'm 80 if I get the privilege to live until I'm 80, you know, the love that we spread to one another is what lives on no matter what. So even if you're like, you know, I'm not so sure that we all have spirits and that our spirits live on and that we all become spirits and go to the spirit world and we live between, you know, the space of life and death. It doesn't matter. You know, the indigo gets you thinking about what is the love that I want to leave behind? How do I want to touch and hold space for other people? You know, so that's a little bit of the tear as well. You know, how do I want to hold space for people? How do I want to be vulnerable You know, in those intimate spaces, how do I want to reveal my spirit and let my spirit be vulnerable with people? Because let me tell you something that stays, you know, and this actually ties back into the tear a little bit within the story of like grief and loss. It's not even just, you know, when you die, it's when you leave somebody's life. And that's also a message of impermanence there. So let's say you had like a friendship, okay? Uh, We all, um, We all friendships that like come and go. I mean, some lost a lifetime, which is, you know, crazy and really, really cool. And then there might be some like 10 year friendships where, you know, you just you're not friends anymore or you need to move on. It doesn't have to be like a big thing, but that's like a loss. You know what I mean? The love that you spread to that person in that friendship lives with them. You know, it doesn't just have to be romantic relationships. That's why I'm talking about friendships um, or family members, um, anything of the sort. It lives on within them and they pass it on to other people. So that's a huge part of Indigo is being very, very aware of your truth and how you are constantly expressing it because you leave. And this is where legacy is so fun to play around with. And just the idea of legacy legacy is not just when you die. Legacy is, you know, it's what you leave with every single person that you touch. And I've only become so aware of that lately and just how important that is. Because again, we're not, I mean, yes, we we don't live forever, you know. And so depending on what you believe in, you know, maybe you have a soul, maybe you have a spirit, maybe you don't. But there is a very grounded way to approach Indigo in just, you know, it's very important to understand, you know, your own unique vision, your own unique form of the truth of love within you. Because you are constantly touching people with it. And those people... You know, whether they are conscious or not, it's with them. You know, when I was really, really young and in my elementary school, you know how they always have those really, really cheesy posters. Okay, well, there was one that I always remembered and it had a pair of jeans on it. It was like in 10 years, nobody will, will remember, you know, what you looked like or like what you said that one time or what you ate for lunch or something ridiculous like that. That part, I'm a little fuzzy on because it's been like 20 years, you know, or like, I don't even know, decades upon decades. And, you know, since I've like been in elementary school or whenever that was, but it said people will always remember the way that you made them feel, you know, and I, I just I don't know why, but I never forgot that people do not remember what you said. People do not remember what you wore. People do not remember what you had for lunch one day. They do, however, remember how you made them feel and the love that you might have, you know, brought within them. So, you know, remember that shaman I mentioned earlier, I don't remember like half of what he says, you know, because he says a lot and it's all very, very brilliant. But I do always remember, you know, how I felt when I heard it. And that's the beautiful part of, you know, truth and death, too. And then the lover, you know, being present with how you feel Your truth can change at any given moment. Your truth has infinite forms. They can be expressed in in infinite different ways. It's always undergoing transformation. But the love underneath the truth is what people will receive in their own way. And that's what's really, really important. And that is what is permanent. And that is, and that's the beautiful relationship with, I would say, death and truth in that death reveals truth is that you can say anything, you know, you can use your words in any which way and it doesn't have to be your words, but we're just going to go with that since I'm talking. You can spread your message in any which way, in any which form. The truth is what lives on within other people. You know, it's the legacy of what lives on. So that's why indigo is such a fascinating color, because again, it really gets you thinking about the love that you leave, you know, as legacy within other people as you share space with them and how you you choose to do that is your choice and it's it's your creative choice It's your creativity it's everything um but i think that's like a really good place to end i've always loved that message um just because like ultimately that's what indigo is you know it's a lot of fun again to channel your own vision and to really get to know yourself and to get to know your own truth on that level but once you dig deeper into indigo there is so much again about being open being flexible allowing it to be fluid and then also if you are like, if you do like believe in channeling and like all that good stuff, you know, understanding that truth is an archetype, it has a spirit of its own and the lover and truth, you know, that brings a lot of, that brings a, this like extra layer of don't expect your truth to be expressed in any sort of way, at any which time the truth, the lover and the tear actually don't expect it to be expressed in a specific way at a specific time. Just let it be. And that's a little bit of the too. too. just op- be open to how it needs to be expressed at any given time and let it guide you. You know, indigo is very much the color of being your own guide and being a guide to others, you know, and how you guide other people to the truth of love within themselves and to the vision within themselves. But it's also allowing the truth of love within you to guide you to where you need to go. And that's very much, again, the j- ties back into the journey of the pilgrim, the macrocosm, the microcosm. Paying attention to, oh, I love this. um, Paying attention to how the truth of love within you is a compass. So one more time. The pilgrim, to tie it all together, paying attention to how the truth of love and your own vision and your inner visionary is also guiding you. And it just, it wants to be expressed, you know? So it's guiding you in terms of, you know, how it might need to be expressed at any given time and you need to be open and flexible and release any expectation of what that might look like. I've learned that so much within this past year. Not once did I think my vision would have anything to do with auras, aura colors, spirit babies, the unseen, or any of this that I did not previously understand. And for me, it was like really scary because I was like, none of this makes any sense. I had so much judgment. A lot of indigo has a lot to do with releasing ego. So that's why the tear is also very important. Getting vulnerable softening the ego. Oh, perfect, actually, Um, because I told you earlier that the tear is connected to the unseen. So there is a lot in here, too, about getting vulnerable, softening the ego and allowing those unseen because the unseen is also the unknown, depending on what you do or don't believe in. Allowing those unseen and unknown dimensions into your life. And again, without rules and without expectation, just allowing them in and allowing them to hold you. So, for example, auras weren't always my thing. But in the moments I had some really, like so many people, I had so many difficult moments during 2020 that although they weren't for me at one point, And like in the same way that auras weren't for me, I didn't really know the archetypes that well. I also didn't know spirit babies that well. In The tier is such a powerful card because it's also pay attention to, you know, in those moments of extreme, you know, humility, vulnerability, and humanity, pay attention to what is holding you in those moments. Auras, aura colors, archetypes, spirit babies, you know, my spirit family, that held space for me in those moments that I experienced with the tear. I've shed a lot of tears in 2020. Okay, let me tell you. So paying attention to when you are the most vulnerable and when you need something to hold space for you, you know, just be aware with the lover. It calls you to be extremely present. What is holding space for you in those in those moments? What is the most healing for you in those moments? And then F everything else, you know, forget what should be healing you. Pay attention to what is and allow that to shape your unique vision, you know, I didn't know that there was so much, you know, between auras, archetypes, spear babies, et cetera, that could be so healing for me. And that has shaped my vision. So back to the pilgrim with just like allowing your vision, allowing your inner visionary to be your compass. Expectations and judgment close that space, you know? So if you're thinking healing should look this way, or even I, you know, had a little bit of a pause here when I was like, well, I've only learned about spirit babies in this way. And it looks like this. No, at one point I was like, you know what? You're just going to have to let go. You're going to have to let, and the tear, and I would say the tear and death is a little bit of release. Um, now we're kind of going within the tear and death territory. Also with a little presence of the lover, um, just in terms of paying attention to what parts of you also, again, might need to be released. What parts of you are you judging, you know, and So it's a little bit of, you know, what judgmental parts of you do you need to release so you can open up, you know? So again, Thanatos, death, releasing so that you can open up a little bit more and open up for other people too, you know? So there's so many powerful messages within Indigo and in terms of your unique vision, your unique truth, allowing that to guide you and how you can constantly, you know, formulate it and facilitate a deeper connection. Because let me tell you, We all have a unique visionary within all of us. And it doesn't, again, they don't all look the same, but the tear is like so integral in here and so important because in those moments of extreme vulnerability, you learn what really works. You know, back to the grief example uh, of the woman, the fictional woman in the TV show, but I'm sure there are people out there like this, you know, where their method of grieving is listening to a lot of heavy metal rock music and just being in their car alone and screaming along to the beat, you know? If she wasn't present with what that's what she needed, it might have been really, really hard for her to release and to be healed. I mean, healed. There is no past tense because we're always healing. But you know what I mean? Healing is always just revealing more love um, and the love that you have to offer. But her healing process would have been would have been stunted and would have been halted if she was judging how she needed to heal and what she needed and how she needed to be held. The tier is very much pay attention to how you need to be held and allow those unknown, unseen dimensions to hold you in your own unique way so that can shape your vision. So, so many, you know, beautiful messages about Indigo. Um, and I will leave it there. So, we are going to go out the same way that we came in. You know, I always like to say thank you to all of the guides um, and everything that supported, you know, us in this exploration of Indigo today. I like to say thank you. I also just like to close up the space, you know. So we opened this space before now we're going to close it, reflect on the intention a little bit, and then I will see you on the other side. As always, if you need more time, just hit the pause button um, and that'll be it for today. Okay, perfect. So... I had a lot of fun, you know, talking about indigo and, you know, all of these in all of these introductions to the aura colors, they are just that they are introductions. I always have to remember that because I'm like, oh, let's keep it to like an hour Um, because they all have so much wisdom to share, especially, you know, within the context of their color family. So I had a lot of fun exploring indigo today. There are so many big themes within indigo, you know, thanatos and truth. Very big initiation cards, but even the concepts of death and, you know, grief and presence and healing, those are really, really, you know, big, big, big themes. So it's kind of impossible to like condense it even in a couple of hours. So I'm sure we will continue to explore Indigo. But thank you so much, you know, for tuning in, for listening. Again, I had so much fun. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that's really important just in terms of podcasting. Otherwise, I will talk to you soon.